Association as they come to minister to us today. God bless you. He conquered the storms just like he will mine. If I just remember, he lives deep inside. Why should I worry? Why should I fear? The very same Jesus, he's always near. He lives in my heart, he hears when I cry, I call on his name till the storm passes by. We read in the Bible how he walked with them, brought light to the darkness when the way grew so dim how great it would be to have his steps leading mine to walk with the master all of the time so when trials come and death is so nigh just search for the master He'll be right on time When I'm in trouble And my body's in pain All I have to do Is call on that name Why should I worry? Why should I fear? The very same Jesus, the very same Jesus He's always near, he's always near. He lives in my heart. He hears when I cry. I call on his name till the storm passes by. You can sing it to, why should I worry? Why should I fear him? The very same Jesus, he's always near. 
He lives in my heart. He hears when I cry. I call on his name. Still the storm passes by. Now this is a singing church. There's so many wonderful voices here. Everybody could be up here. So just make the choir right there. Why should I worry? Why should I fear? Why should I fear? Very same Jesus. He's always near. He's always near. He lives in my heart. Lives in. He hears when I cry. I call on his name. Till the storm passes by. Why should I worry? Why should I worry? Why should I fear? He's always near. He lives in my heart. He hears when I cry. I call on his name. Do that last line. Call on his name till the storm passes by. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to get to meet my beautiful wife here in just a few minutes. Evangelist Sharon Anderson. She was ordained this year and uh, a past year, 2019. And I was celebrating my 50th year. I started when I was a baby. My 50th year in the ministry, I was honored by the United Pentecostal Church and We've just been celebrating the wonderful works of the Lord. Sister Sharon is the baby of a large family, and her sister is in her 80s, and she lives way up in the north panhandle of Texas, six miles from Oklahoma panhandle. We went to see her, and she's in a nursing home, been there several years and walked in and she hugged us and cried and said, I've been praying for you to come see me. And uh, touched my heart, Holy Ghost filled, apostolic, Jesus name baptized, precious saint of God. Sharon said, what would you like for Brother Mike to sing for you? And, and she said, I'd like for him to sing. I come to the garden alone. He walks with me and he talks with me. And I began to sing for her, and her hands went up, crippled with arthritis. Her hands went up, and she said, Lord, you've been better to me than you've been to anybody else. It did something to me. Because I thought how spoiled we are. She doesn't get to go to church. She never hears an apostolic preacher. She does read her Bible. She's read it through four times in one year. But here she is, away from loved ones, away from apostolic worshipers, and she's praising God that he's been better 
to her than anybody else. Now, if I was going to have you all do this song with me, I would have you march down the center aisle, and I would have you clap like this. And you'd have to do a little soulful sway with it. Because it just says, have you taken a flat? The time to count all your blessings. He's been good. He's been good. Have you looked around to see what God has done? He's been good. And I love him. He's been good. Have you ever had a problem you thought would knock you down? He's been good. He's been good. But before you could fall, he reached down and picked you up. He's been good. And I love him. He's been good. Chorus. He's been good to me. He's been good to me. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. He has set me free. He's been good. And I love him. He's been good. Oh, he's been good to me. He's been good to me. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. He has set me free. He's been good. He's been good. He's my life, my joy. He's my all in all. He's been good. He's been good. I'll go with him to the end. He's been my very best friend. He's been good. And I love him. He's been good. Oh, singing now. He's been good to me. He's been good to me. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. He has set. He's been good. He's been good. Now y'all sing. He's been good to me. He's been good. I love him. He has said. He's been good. I love him, I love him, I love him. 
worship the Lord. Come on, worship Jesus. Now let's put a little Cincinnati on it. Go. Everybody try that now. Everybody go. He's been good. One more time. Oh, good. He's been good. He's been good. Yes, he's been good to me. Hallelujah. You may know some of the things that's happened in my life that weren't so good. And you say, how can you say that God's been good to you? Well, I want you to know this morning, you haven't seen the other side. You haven't seen when God was good. You haven't seen when the things, when God heard my needs, He heard my prayers, and He came through right on time. You see, God's good. Even when you see the bad times, God's always got the good times lined up for His people because He loves you. He's a good God. Hallelujah. He's a good God. I love him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm excited about what the Lord has today. We're going to try to not keep you too long. We know we're just the only thing standing between you and your lunch. God is going to do some wonderful, great things for the people of God because he's good. He's got something for you this morning. We're, I'm going to talk to you a few minutes. He's going to preach. He's going to probably sing a little more. And God's going to do miraculous things. He knows exactly what you came to church for. He knows exactly what's going on in your world. That maybe, I don't know, maybe my husband, maybe pastor don't know. But he knows. And he's going to take care of it this morning. Because he's on time and he knows it's time. You've waited, you've been patient, and it's on its way. Your blessing, your answer, your escape. He's your way maker and he's coming. He's coming. Let me tell you, your answer is here. You wonder what the Lord's going to do in your future and what God's going to do in your life? He's got it. He's already got your future. He don't always look in the rears of behind of what you've been and what you've done because he's going to see what you're going to be and where you're going and what you're going to do. Thank the Lord. 2 Kings 2nd chapter and 9th verse. I'm sure you've heard this preached upside downwards and backwards, but I'm going to tell you something I, the Lord gave me. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And some, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be unto thee. 
But if not, it shall not be so. In other words, if it's God's will, it'll happen. If it's not God's will, it'll be so. But remember, Elijah said it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing because he was a man. He's seen in the eyes of a man. It's a hard thing. Remember that because I'm going to get to it in a minute. You know, most of the time when you see a really phenomenal musician, singer, preacher, you may want that. And you may say, I want that. If I could be just half as good as Pastor Urshan, if I could preach half as good as him, if I could play the drums half as good as him, I'd be happy. If you're standing by the bedside of somebody that passes away, you may say, I would love their mantle if I could be just half as good. But Elijah, he was something else. He had a heart toward God, and he said, I want a double thing. I want twice as much. I don't want half. I want twice as much. I want to preach twice as good. I want to sing twice as good. I want to do a double thing. I want to work for you, Lord. I want twice as much as Elijah. I want to perform miracles twice as much. You might think, well, boy, he was a prideful thing, wasn't he? No, he was a zealous young man and woman. He was zealous for the things of God. He was zealous in everything that God had called him to do. Be zealous in your work, and God will multiply it. Ask, don't be afraid to say, give me double, Lord. I'm tired of staying down here on the underside. I want in the overflow. I want double, God. I want to preach double. I want to sing double. I want to play double. I want to teach my Sunday school double. You may get discouraged with Sunday school. Let me tell you something. God may be preparing you for the ministry. God, every little Sunday school lesson you've taught, it's preparing you for double His blessing. God is twice willing to give twice as much. Yeah, He is. Most of us know that Elisha went out and immediately... He took the mantle, smoked the water. The water went dry. He immediately began to do miracle after miracle. He caused the poor widow woman's uh, vessel to fill up with oil and overflow and had to gather more and more and more. He provided for her. And then he went out and the Shemanite woman, her son died and Elisha laid him, stretched himself forward, and God brought this child back. You see, you don't be afraid to do what God's called you to do. Don't be afraid to speak the word when God gives you a word. God's going to use you in this last day if you'll be willing. If you'll get hungry enough, you'll get determined enough, you'll set your mind on God. God will use you. He has no reservation. He will use you if you say, I will. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then in 2 Kings 3 and 9, it just went on a little further. And Elijah went about doing the things of the Lord. And then the, uh, there was, so the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. Three kings. They went out in the desert. And if you've ever been in the desert, we went to the country of Jordan just a few months ago. And I'm telling you, it gets 119 degrees. 
And it was hot summertime. And I kept water with me and I was drinking. I walked down in Petra. I mean, I walked some miles. My watch said I did 9,300 steps that day. 119 degrees weather. I was about to die before I got back. But let me tell you, it was so magnificent and beautiful. But I had all these giant deals of water. I'd stop and get this water and stop and drink this water. I poured the water on my head, on my clothes. I was trying to stay hydrated. Well, these three kings ran out of water. And here they were in the desert with no water. And they began to say, what? God, are you going to let the Moabites kill us dead right out here in the desert? And we die of thirst? And one of them said, who can we call to hear a word of the Lord? And one of them rose up and said, Elijah. He's the one that poured water on, it, on Elijah's hands. You see, to get a double portion, you got to submit yourself. you got to be willing to wash the feet and the hands of the prophet if you want double the portion. If you want twice as much, you got to be willing to go twice the mile. you got to be doing twice the much. You've got to work while there's time. You young people, we need you now. We don't need you tomorrow or in the next year or the next year. The Lord's coming back for a church that's ready. We need your preaching. I don't care how old you are. If God's called you to do it, step up and do it. The Lord spoke to me at 20-something years old and said, you're going to preach to many nations. And I stepped back and I said, God, we're pastoring a church of 20. He said, you're going to preach to many nations. I was 60 years old. I never left the United States of America. I never went to Canada and went, never went to Mexico. And then all of a sudden, the Lord took me on a whirlwind, and we went overseas, and I was standing in France, and I was standing there, and I was preaching. They said there was 11 different nationalities in that service. When God gives you a word, it will come to pass. It will be so it will be so. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. If God's called you to it, he'll do it. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. Because he's God. Because he cares about you. Because he wants to save a nation. He wants to save a people. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. I don't care how old you are. Because I'm telling you, I'm having the time of my life in my 60s. Going places, preaching the gospel. Stand, going underneath the ground in some countries. To preach underneath the ground at the risk of our lives. To be able to see people line up and receive this precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, it's for you this morning. If you've come here, God's got an answer for you. God, one more time, he don't care how old you are, how young you are, or who you are. He's got a calling in your life. It will be so.
All right, Elisha called for the musicians because he wanted to feel and get in the spirit of God. Musicians, you bring in and usher in the beginning. But let, don't make a mistake to think that there is nothing more important than the word of God. Elisha called for the musician, musicians and the spirit of the Lord moved in. But then the Lord spoke to him and said in the 16th verse, and he said, thus saith the Lord. Make this valley full of ditches, for thus saith the Lord, ye shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, that you may drink both ye and your cattle and your beast. See, that's what he was saying to those kings that were out there, out there in this desert land. God provided for them. God made the Moabites think the water was blood. And the, anyway, the people rose up and they slew them and they took the country. But then in 2 Kings, the third chapter 18, I want to go all the way back first and remind you that Elijah said this is a hard thing. This is difficult because he was a man. But in 2 Kings 3 and 18, and this... Is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. Man will say it's difficult. Man will say it's impossible. Man say you will not be healed. Man will say it won't happen. But God will say it's a light thing. It's an easy thing for me. I will do it. I will heal your body. I will deliver you. I will set you free. I will make a way of escape. I will take care of you. It's just a light thing to me. You think it's big this morning? Are you in the point of your life that you're about to give up, give in, give over? Let me remind you in the eyes of God what you're going through is a light. Thing. God's got it in his hand all through the Bible when God speaks when God speaks he says it's a light thing it's a light thing there's somebody in here this morning you came in here and said this is too hard I can't carry this anymore it's too difficult. You didn't see my baby. You didn't see this situation and that situation in my life. And God said, oh, it's just a light thing. I got it. Trust me. I got it. I'm going to take care of it. If you will trust me, you will run through troops. Hallelujah. You will have this like you've never even imagined. You will see those miracles. Those doors that have been seem to be closed to you, they're going to be swung wide open. Because when God opens a door, He opens it wide. When God heals, He does it well. Yeah, when you look at me, you say, man, she's been through some trials. Yes, I have. But let me tell you the other side. I want to tell you the other side. The devil whispered me and he said, you know, this is a hard thing. This is difficult. You might as well throw in the towel, give it up, and close it up. 
You'll never preach again. You'll never do the work of God again. You're over. You're done with. But let me tell you, you didn't see the good side. You didn't see the side where God said, I got this. It's all right. I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to take you out there and I'm going to give you the good side. I'm going to give you the other side. That's the way Jesus is. Oh, he's good this morning. God's good this morning. God's good this morning. Hallelujah. Let me help you now. If you receive that word, stand to your feet and clap your hands right now in the name of Jesus. Say, I receive that word in the name of Jesus. Reach up and say, it's mine. Say, it's mine. Now, we team preach, so don't worry about the time. We know about the time, but we have a right now word from God. God blessed me with a preacher. Last time I was here, I was uh, just talking to Sister Sharon. Both her and I had lost our spouses, and uh, we thought life was just over. Then God brought us together. Amen. Ephesians 3, verses 21 and 22. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Everybody say, let it be so. Amen. You may be seated. You beautiful people. We love you. Marty, it's so good to see you, my one of my beloved sons in the gospel. I'm preaching for just a few minutes, the beloved nows of God, N-O-W apostrophe S, the beloved nows of God. It's a very interesting word. It means at the present moment of time or without any further delay. The whole, oh, I got a feeling somebody's got a now blessing here. At the present moment of time, hallelujah. I love you folks. Y'all are precious. And God's got a right now word for you. At the present moment of time or without any further delay, the Holy Spirit moved the writers and the translators of the Bible to use that word very often in the Bible. It's used 1,355 times in the King James Version. Of course, in just a few minutes, I can't go through all 1,355 verses that tell you that He's an on-time God. But I'm going to refer to a few of the beloved nows of God. Certain scriptures that the Lord loves and their beloved. It said in Hebrews 9.26, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world? But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by sacrifice of himself. 
And as it has appointed unto men once to die, after this the judgment. So Christ, once offered by, to bear the sins of many, and to, unto them that look for him, shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. These 2,000 years since the Lord Jesus Christ are just now of the end time. He is working in this world. He doesn't have to repeat any sacrifice. There's nothing more that has to be done. He's completed the work. He uses the word perfect. He's perfected the work. Perfect in the scripture Hebrew means completed. God's work is already done. I have overcome the world. Tribulation and trials come to us as believers, but the battle has, oh, has already been won. When Jesus gave his life on the cross of Calvary, he completed everything that needed to be done for you now. You can be healed now. You can be delivered now. You can be set free now. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost now. Right now. If you believe, God can work a miracle for you. It is through His finished work at Calvary that we come to Him he did the work. All we have to do is step into the veil. The veil's been rent from top to bottom. Nobody can sew it back together. You're going to go into the Holy of Holies with him. You're going to live in the Shekinah glory. You say, how can you be so excited this morning about Jesus? Because I live. In the realm of the Shekinah. Claim it for yourself right now. Claim it for yourself right now. Jude 1.24 Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless. Before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and ever. He says it again. Amen. Let it be so. God didn't start you in this journey to drop you. He didn't start you in this journey to let you down. He said, now unto him that is able to keep you. I want to see the witnesses in this house that recognize the keeping power of God. I want you to wave your hands, the keeping power of God. We are secure in His care. We have His cleansing blood over us. Oh, yes, we do. Every day, we are safe in the arms of Jesus. Nobody... Nobody, according to John 10, nobody can pluck you out of the hands of the Father. There's not a parent here 
that doesn't take a hold of your child's hand at one time or another and you say, you hold my hand. And the little child is walking along and your steps are, they're about two or three of theirs to your one and they want to let go. And they, now see, I got the Holy Ghost back in the day. I got the Holy Ghost back in the day when you earned it. You ought to thank God you live in this grace dispensation when you can just receive it. The pastor just lays hands on you and you get it. Somebody's going to get it this morning. You came here to receive it, you're going to get it. But I received it back in the day when you had to keep your hands up. You're not going to receive the Holy Ghost unless you keep your hands up. I was six years old. Put those hands up. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hold on. Let go. You got the Holy Ghost in self-defense. They beat you in the back. They held I don't know where they got that doctrine, but they believed you had to have your hands up. You're going to receive it. You ought to be glad. I think the last time I was here, we walked down the aisle and somebody was receiving the Holy Ghost just while we walked by them. I'm so glad we're living. Uh, I'm so glad we're in the now and now. Put your hands up and say, I'm going to receive something from Jesus today. Nobody can pluck you out of the hands of God. Nobody can take you away. Nobody. Because he's never going to let you go of your hand. He's never. Come here and shake my hand. Yes, you, sir. God's got something for you, sir. I don't know exactly what it is, but the Holy Ghost directs my attention to different people that God has something for. Now put your hands up and say, I'm going to receive it today. Clap your hands, people. Clap your hands, people. Clap your hands, people. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound, abound, abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I told Brother Enos, it's so wonderful to be with the Enoses. Told him this morning, I went through an 18-month journey of cancer. Went through the chemo and went through the radiation. Kept preaching, kept traveling. God's grace was with me. He helped me. I'm cancer-free. I'm cancer-clear. I had my beautiful wife that went with me every day, never left my side. Thank God for her. Had four oncologists at MD Anderson, premier cancer treatment center in America. They signed off on me and said to my wife, they said, your husband is cured. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
The amazing thing about that is a prophecy was spoken when I was first diagnosed. A prophecy was spoken by a man of God, Mike Wallace, spoken by a man of God to me. And he used the word and he said, you will be cured. And we thought that was an unusual word. And never knowing that uh, the oncologist was going to say, you're cured. They don't use that word. But you know what? It's the joy and peace and believing that you abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. If you're coping with a situation right now in this room, lift your hands and say, that word is for me, and I'm abounding in hope. I'm carrying it home with me. Woo! Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith. We like to say faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We all like that verse. But it is prefaced by now. Now faith. I'm telling you, the Lord loves this now. Say, so, oh, the Lord just, he may be delaying. I, I know that that's something I've been told. Hallelujah. And I thank God for the patience. I don't like patience. I want it now. I go, I want McDonald's. Speak to the speaker. Pull up and give them your money. They hand the sack out the window. Now surely, the God of the universe... I'm so happy to see you. I didn't see you back there. Hallelujah. I appreciate you. Surely the God of the universe from everlasting to everlasting, from eternity to eternity, Alpha Omega beginning and the end, surely He can deliver to you faster than McDonald's. your hands right now. See, now faith is the believer's second pair of eyes that see beyond the visible into the invisible. You may not see it with your eyes, but by faith we walk and we see what cannot be seen. There's a legend in a church history that says John, we know, was the only apostle that did not die a martyr's death. If you call being boiled in oil, not torture. But after he was boiled in oil, he became the bishop of the church at Ephesus. And history tells us that the disciples of John the Apostle, the last surviving apostle, he's 90 years old, that the elders and disciples in that church would carry him in their arms like you would carry a baby and would put him in a chair in the pulpit and he would begin to share with them the last apostle, the one that rested his head 
on the chest of Jesus. The one that walked closely with Jesus and was the only one with him till the very end. And they carried him to the pulpit of the church of Ephesus. And he said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. But my broken and fragile body, my body that was boiled in oil, and some say the skin was pickled by the oil, my body that feels the aches and pains of old age. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, but it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. And... Ah, Come here, sir. You're standing. Come here. Come here. Anybody that stands up, you're meaning you're serious about what God has for you. You're a child of God. You're a son of God. You don't belong to this world. You don't belong to the devil. He has no dominion over you. He has no authority over you. He has no word in your life. You're in this world, but you're not of it. You're never going to blend in. You're never going to fit in. Wherever your job is, you're going to be a shining light that stands out in a dark world. Shout it. Say, now, I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. Now worship the Lord. How? Stop letting the enemy lie to you. You have never belonged to the devil. A lot of people don't know that my father, Gus Anderson, before he came to God, came to God uh, in his early 20s. He was a prize fighter. He won the Golden Gloves, and I was real proud of that as a boy. I don't know how proud I was of him being a preacher and a pastor. But I went around telling everybody that he was a prize fighter. And I went down the street and told the neighbors, I said, my dad can whip anybody in this neighborhood. And the neighbor down the street, his son was a bully. And uh, I was trying to make a point. And he come down and knocked on the door. And the door opened. My dad said, yes, may I help you? And he looked. And he said, your son come down there telling my boy, making him lose confidence in me. Telling me that you could whip anybody in the neighborhood. 
I'm just standing there looking around. And he said, oh, sir, I'm very sorry my boy said that. And he said, I'll assure you that he won't be making any statements like that in the rest of the neighborhood. And he closed the door and I said, Daddy, you can whip anybody in the neighborhood. And he said, well, son, that may be true. But he said, don't go telling them. Well, I'm here to tell you that my daddy can whip everybody in the neighborhood. There's no devil that's come. Come on now. Come on now. You stood up. There's no devil. Come on. Yeah, you. There's no devil in this territory that can take on your daddy. You proclaim it. Say, in the name of Jesus. Say, in the name of Jesus. Say it's mine in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands, clap your hands, clap your hands, clap your hands. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 6 2, just this is it. The now is the day of salvation. Now I have secured thee. That means I've provided every need. I've met every... Uh, now is the accepted time. And now is the day of your salvation. Don't procrastinate today. I went to Starbucks and they had a line down here close to where we're standing. They had a line of 25 cars. I said, how can we get Sharon, Sharon Sue, how can we get 25 cars to line up for people to come to church? Y'all are doing a good job. I pulled in here. I saw a line. If people just understood that we're giving out better than free ice cream cones today. We're giving better than free Chick-fil-A's. Say, come on, preacher. Now is the day of salvation. You can walk out of here set free. You can walk out of here delivered. You can walk out of here and never go back to the beggarly elements of this world. Pastor Joel, I'm just about ready to make it. You told me the time. I'm just about there. Woo! I'm better than dinner wherever it's at anyway. <laughs> Two words in the Bible that mean word, the Logos word, such as in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. That's the Logos word. Jesus Christ was the Logos Word. He's the divine Word. He's the ever-present Word. He's the Word that is spoken in the Bible. But then there's another Word that's used throughout the New Testament. And it's the Rhema Word. R-H-E-M-A. The Rhema Word. And it just means the current Word. It means the acceptable Word for the time. Mm, 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 mm. 
I feel the spirit of prophecy in this place. Ooh. That's when you know you're going to church. The spirit of prophecy operates freely in the church because I'm prophesying to you right now because the word in Revelation for prophet is preacher. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Did you come for a blessing this morning? Yes, sir. Come here. Come here. This is the rhema word. This is the rhema word. Come here. The decision you're praying about and the direction you're seeking in your life, the Lord is speaking you today that you walk very close to Him. You walk very close to Him and He's going to open up the correct door in your future. Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't, don't fret. Don't fret about it. Just put your hands in the hands of the Lord and say, I'm going with you. Now, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, your rhema word for right now, your rhema word is get up out of your seat and come down here and there are elders and there are ladies that will minister to you and they will minister your, to your need. Come on. Come on, your rhema word, not the logos word, the rhema word, the current word. There you go. Come on now. Come on now. Come on, Evangelist Sharon. You come up here and help me. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Right now. Come on, one of the ladies stand behind her, please. One of the ladies stand behind her. Hashama Bahaya. Yes. Come on, put your hands up and praise him. Praise him. Praise him. The rhema word right now. Help him. Help him. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Somebody will play some music. So, Oh, yes. God's got something for you right now. Yeah. Yeah. God's got something for you right now. Go praise him. Go praise him. Come on. I need some helpers up here. I need some helpers up here. Come on, young people. I need some helpers. I need some helpers. Get up there and pray with people. Give them the rhema word right now. Shalom basa. Yes. Do you receive it right now? Yes. 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 My, oh, good to see you. My soul says yes. <laughs> My soul says yes. My soul says yes.
Yes. Yes. Yes. Yes. My soul says yes. My soul says yes. In this room, my soul says yes. When you move, healing is come. In this room, miracles happen. When you move, healing is coming. Here right now, miracles happen. When you move, healing is coming. In this room, miracles happen. When you move, healing is coming. In this room, miracles happen. When